Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and give joyful thanks to the Lord who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom he has redemption and forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. We've been looking at the church in Colossae, uh, now in modern Turkey, dynamic, growing, asking the question, what can we learn for ourselves and for our church uh, about them? And a wonderful example in Colossae of new Christian communities springing up everywhere as the good news of the risen Jesus Christ is proclaimed. These new communities spring into life and lives are being transformed and society is being changed. Colossae, trading capital, Military capital, uh, albeit probably a bit past its peak and people going around more ordinary humdrum lives. And dominated by two mindsets in the sort of prevailing culture. Conflicting cultures, conflicting powers. Round about in the uh, atmosphere there was a large Jewish population away from their homeland. So really, really committed to hanging on to all the Jewish traditions and preserving every bit of the law and tradition and imposing them and enforcing them on everybody around. But there's also a sort of large Greek population in Colossae at that time, very sort of into New Age, wonderful ideas and all-in-your-head thinking and discovering the mystery of life through secret knowledge and deep initiation rites, going from level to level until you attained an enlightenment. And can you see what an explosive mix it was to bring both those cultures into a single church? It was a deeply explosive mixture. And and Paul is writing to this church. He probably didn't found it, but it was founded by a friend of of his. Uh, He's never met them, but he longs for God's best for them. And so, even in prison, he's writing to them, and that's this letter that we have uh, this morning from Colossians. Celebrating what they have, And above all, praying that they will have even more. Not content with where they've got to, but deeply concerned that in God they'll be moving on and developing. And do you remember that in the first sermon in this series, David Peters showed us that Paul's first concern as he sees this emerging mixed church full of life, full of dynamic enthusiasm, but with these conflicting ideas. Paul's first concern is to say, look, you must bring everything under the sovereignty of Christ himself. He is Lord of your life. He is Lord of the church. And with all these tussles, you must come under his sovereignty uh, above all. Christ as creator, Christ as redeemer, 
setting people free to a new life. And Christ as reconciler, only in Christ will all these different people and all these different ideas be held together in the truth that's found in him. But under that sovereignty, do you remember David Peter saying, under that sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll find a new hope and a new purpose for your lives and for your church. Taking our place, do you remember David Peter's using this idea, taking our place in God's orchestra, playing our part in the great symphony, which is the symphony of God's kingdom. And then last week, uh, Debbie helped us uh, beautifully to see how on this great foundation, this great foundation of the sovereignty of Christ over all, we can grow in Christ. And as a church holding firm to the truth that we find in Christ, there are these three great growing places. Growing in faith, growing in hope, and growing in love. And then facing this great uh, quote from Justin Welby, so that we can be part of a church that presents the world with Christ-centred hope. And that's what we're growing into, and that's how we're growing from. But in today's passage, we see that Paul says, well, that's not enough. I want more for you. I love what you've got already. I think what you've got is wonderful. Every time I think of you, I'm thankful. I pray for you with a smile on my face every time I think of you. But I'm in prison. I can't get to you. But I can pray for you. And so what we've got today is Paul's prayer for the church in Colossians. I'm praying for you because I long for so much more for you. And so just that phrase at the start of our time this morning, longing for so much more. Is that how you pray for yourself? Is that how I pray for myself? Is that how we pray for our church? Longing for so much more. Giving thanks for all that we have. Giving thanks for all that God has done in my life so far. But actually longing for so much more. Shall we just pray together for a, for a short moment? And you may want to just pause and give thanks for all that you have in Christ today, for all that we have in our church in Christ today. But then just quietly in your own words, in your own time, is there a longing for more for our church for our lives today. Lord, we thank you for where you brought us today. We thank you for who we are in you. We thank you for what we've been enabled to do in you and for you. But Lord, you know that our longing is for more. And we pray that you would meet us and take us forward in the power of your Spirit, for your name's sake. Amen. So here's this 
prayer. And Paul says, I'm going to pray for you. And and the one thing I'm going to pray for you, do you see these words here? I'm going to ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. The one thing I'm going to pray for you is that you would know God's will and understand what it means for your life and for your church. I'm going to pray, above all, that you're going to get your head right. That you'll know God's will. And now why does Paul pray that? And then if we could have the next verse, verse 10. Here's a picture of why Paul is praying that, that you may know God's will. Because it says, he says that if you know that, if you get your head right, you will be well on the road to becoming the sort of Christian that I long to see everywhere. And, and here's a little pen picture of what that Christian life could look like. Do you see these phrases? So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. It's my life. Worthy of Christ. Uh, Please him in every way. Is my life pleasing to Christ in every way? Bearing fruit in every good work. Am I effective and fruitful in my life? Making a difference. Is there something to show for my life? Uh, Deepening in my understanding, understanding more and more of what God wants for me and for my life. Can we go on to the next verse, please? And as I understand God's will, I discover that he gives me the strength to do it and to be it. Strengthened with all the power according to his glorious might. Giving me that strength and that strength to keep going to have great endurance and patience. To keep going even when it's tough and difficult. Keep going even through the hard times. And then the next verse. And living a, living a life which is, which, is, which is thankful, which is marked by gratitude. It's that great uh, American phrase, isn't it? Uh, living with an attitude of gratitude. That deep gratitude, that deep thankfulness, coming up through every part of our life. We were at a Jonathan Vera concert the, uh, last, just last night. Gosh, it seems so long ago. Just last night. And his latest CD is called simply, It Is Well. Uh, speaking of, of, of that deep sense of wellness that, that we find. Whatever's going on, you, you know, there's, there's still that sense uh, that it is well. If you'd like a copy of it, I'm sure I can take orders and arrange uh, copies to be got to you. It is well. An attitude of gratitude. Uh, giving thanks to the Father because of what he has done for us in Christ. Uh, called us to a new inheritance, a new place in his holy people in the kingdom of life. Thankful for the change that Christ has made uh, to my life. And that, you see, is, is, is the sort of picture, a sort of pen portrait 
of the, of the, of the Christian that Paul wants to see everywhere. Now, is that the sort of Christian that you and I want to be? Uh, do we want all of that? Uh, do we want some of it? Uh, because, like Paul, if we do, first of all, we have to long for it. And then we have to pray for it. And God will meet us in those prayers. And you see, if we just go back, if we can, to, 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 to verse 9, uh, Paul says, look, you've got to get your head right, because if you get your head right, you'll get your life right. Understanding God's will, in order that you might be all these sort of things. And so there's this just prayer, day by day, Lord God, fill me with the knowledge of your will, make me wise and understanding Good times, in bad times, in the up times, in the down times. Do you know, I just long more and more uh, to have that understanding of, God wants, of what God wants me to be, what God wants me to do, how God wants me to react. And as I go on in the Christian life, aware of how often I've got it wrong in the past, uh, because I haven't heard right, or I've got my head right, I just learned long that I'm, I might... I might understand more. In all the confusions, all the choices, Lord, what is it you want me to do? Lord, how do you want me to be? Lord, what happens next? Give me your understanding. Give me your will. And I long to hear from God more and more. Uh, And that understanding that Paul talks about isn't just about the facts of the faith, although there is some of that. You know, sometimes it is helpful just to, to refresh what we believe. You know, the facts of our faith, they, they are important. Uh, but it's more than that. It goes beyond facts to, to, to understanding. It's that sort of understanding that you find in a, in a good relationship. You, you, you know, sometimes you've been talking to a person and you say, actually, they really got me. Uh, you know, I feel I've been heard. I feel I've been understood. Uh, they got through to me. I, I know that they've really met with me. They've understood me. It's that sort of relational understanding uh, that God says uh, that Paul is praying that the Colossians would know more and more. And all those voices in our heads day by day. And above all, we have to find that place where we can listen to God's voice. And maybe part of listening to God's voice is to recognise that sometimes there are wrong voices in our heads that we have to somehow not listen to. Uh, Wrong voices in our heads can cause all sorts of problems, can't they? Uh, My son Tim uh, was in a gym a little while ago and he was on the spinner, a static bike, earbuds in, going in his own private world. Suddenly he he realised he was getting filthy looks from all the women round about him. And uh, he suddenly realised that in his private world, He'd been singing aloud to that uh, good old Queen hit, Fat Bottom Girls. <laughs> Possibly not to sing in a mixed gym. I fear it may be inherited. And Joyce Mayer wrote this great book, uh, Battlefield of the Mind, uh, looking at some of the unhelpful voices that, that sometimes come into our brains. You, you'll have unhelpful voices in your head, won't you? Uh, I'll never change. Uh, I can't help it. Uh, it's just how I am. 
Um, I'll never be good at anything. I've messed up too much already. I've too much to lose. I want to try, but I'm frightened because I might fail. I'm too old. And maybe the response, don't just grow old, but grow up. And so, all these negative voices, and God says, I just want to talk to you. I just want to find places in your life uh, where you and I can have undivided attention. It's uh, to, my, to my shame, really, that I know sometimes in, in my own uh, relationship with Jean, uh, she, she's, she's saying stuff to me, stuff. She's having a really deep and meaningful conversation <laughs> with me. She knows and I knows that, that there's another conversation actually in my head uh, that is taking the precedence and it's not really a focused conversation. There's this other dialogue going on which is really the one I'm looking and listening to. So where is this place in all our lives where God will find our undivided attention? Is there a time, is there a place, is there somewhere where you can go to where God knows he's got you and your deepest concern is to, is to hear from him? Yes, to share your prayers, to share your concerns, but actually to listen. We all need those places in our lives, sometimes each day. Sometimes if that's not possible, maybe every week or so. Uh, but some place where God knows he's got us. We've been quite rightly talking about our desire as a church to go deeper into prayer. But actually, because prayer is a two-way thing, I wonder if alongside that we need also to say, yes, I want to go deeper in prayer, but I also want to go clearer in listening. To have a deeper sense, too, of what God is saying as I share my life with him. So in practice, what might this look like? Well, we've already had one quote from Justin Welby. Um, so here's, a, here's an, a, another one. You know all this a story about him discovering that who he thought was his father actually wasn't his biological father. I've been deeply impressed with the way he has responded and talked about what could be a, a really shocking experience. And he, he's, he said something like this, my own experience is typical of, of, of many people. Uh, to find that one's father is other than imagined is not unusual. To be a child of a family with great difficulties in relationships, with disturbance, abuse or other matters, it's not rare. And then this, we need to be in a church where I am who I am because I am in Jesus Christ. There's only one thing that gives me identity. I know that I find who I am in Jesus Christ, not in genetics. And my identity in him never changes. Now I think he got through or he's getting through this deeply disturbing discovery because he's getting his head right. He knows that who he is, in the end, is who he is in Christ. And that knowledge, getting his head right in that circumstance, I believe, 
is helping him on the way. Mind you, he was uh, interviewed for ordination by one of the great bishops of the Church of England and, and in response to that interview, the, the, the bishop says, I've interviewed more than a thousand candidates for ordination and I need to tell you, young man, that you don't come in the top thousand. <laughs> I can tell you, you have no future in the Church of England. And he got through that because he had his head right and he knew that even a bishop couldn't stand in the way of the will of God for his life. It was so good to hear from Mark, I thought, last Sunday. Really, really helpful. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Saying, actually, that that there was a time in his life where he had to get his head right and discover that actually God didn't want him over there or somewhere else, that God wanted him where he was. Uh, Not just a a businessman, but God's businessman in God's place. And, And getting his head right was part of moving forward in his relationship with God. Talk to him more about it if you weren't here last Sunday. It was really inspiring and helpful to hear. And sometimes getting our head right uh, begins with getting our, getting our, our, our day right. Um, I'm just catching sight of her. Diane Bridges is a member of our uh, really lovely home group. Uh, uh, our home group is part of the way in which I get my head right because I hear God's experience through the life of other people. Uh, but just last Thursday, Diane uh, shared with us, uh, well, Diane, you're here. Diane has said, this isn't rehearsed, is it? No. no. Uh, Diane, well, what did you say about the start of your day? I said that there was a prayer that Sean Hodges had said at the uh, Cafe Church, which I then looked up by John Stott, which I start my day with. And you know and it by heart? I, yes, I think so. Go. You want me to have a go? Good morning, Heavenly Father. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that this day I will live my day in your presence and please you more and more. I'm going to let you off the hook. Because, as it happens... I, I have got uh, this uh, John Stott morning prayer uh, on a card and uh, I wondered if you'd like to take it home because getting, getting your head right at the start of the day uh, might be a, a thing to do. And this is John Stott's morning prayer and uh, you, you might want to put it somewhere where you, you'll catch sight of it uh, each day because if you get the day right, if you get the start of the day right, get your head right at the start of the day, that the rest of the day uh, may fall into, into place. Good morning, Heavenly Father. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I worship you as the creator and sustainer of the universe. Lord Jesus, I worship you, Saviour and Lord of the world. Holy Spirit, I worship you, sanctifier of the people of God. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray that I may live this day in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, I pray that this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Holy, blessed and glorious Trinity, three persons in one God, have mercy on me. 
How do you start your day? Do you know that prayer? Uh, Dear Lord, I I know today I've I've done all right so far. I haven't been grumpy. I haven't been unpleasant. I haven't annoyed any people. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been covetous or disobedient. But Lord, I'm about to get out of bed and I'm really going to need your help. (laughs) From now on, getting your head right at the start of the day, maybe just one practical way of setting the day right. And you may like to take this card and put it somewhere where you'll discover it and use it. Right at the start of the day, I promise you that in the home group on Thursday night, uh, Diane knew the the, the whole of this prayer by heart and recited it uh, without aid of written script. But growing in understanding, finding that place where God has our undivided attention, longing to hear from him, so that I may know more of him in our life. It's Paul's prayer for himself. It's Paul's prayer for his church. And maybe just today, it could become our prayer for ourselves. Amen.